Hello and welcome to the Drucker Forum Report. I'm Peter Day with a podcast about some of the ideas that will be in the air and up for discussion at the 2017 Global Peter Drucker Forum in Vienna in November. This year's theme, Growth and Inclusive Prosperity, highly topical. With me is one of the forum participants, Professor Vladka Hlupic, an author, consultant and professor at the University of Westminster. Vladka, your book, your organisation and your ideas are about the big changes needed in the way companies and organisations are going to be run in this, the 21st century. What is this thing you call the management shift? The management shift is a shift from old ways of managing organizations which are based on traditional hierarchical command and control towards new ways of managing organizations which are based on focusing on people, purpose and collaboration. Now, there was a reason for the old way of doing things. It was mass production, that Fordian technique that uh, infiltrated every industry in the world in that extraordinary way in the the decades after 1910 when he kind of invented it in Detroit. It was a very good way of running a 20th century organisation. It worked then, didn't it? Yes, uh, there's always a management based on standardization, specialization, bureaucratization of organizations. It worked well in the production economy where efficiency and productivity were the key, but it is very detrimental for innovation, performance, engagement, and profit in modern organizations because we know that, for example, knowledge workers, they ignore hierarchy, they need to be treated as associates, not as subordinates. So these old ways of managing organizations just don't work anymore. And that mention of knowledge organisations, the knowledge worker, brings in immediately Peter Drucker, whose concept that was. Yes, absolutely. So his ideas and his work is is as relevant as it was 50, 60 years ago. And I've done some research mapping key ideas from Peter Drucker to the principles of management 2.0, and it fits perfectly. So we need to follow his advice to achieve prosperity. What's the essential thing that's made this difference, this threshold difference between the 20th and the 21st century organisation? Digital? Digital partially, but also the awareness of the need for a different mindset. The digital revolution reinforces the new ways of working, but the new ways of working also have impact on how the technology is used. So we need to move towards collaboration, cooperation and transparency and trust, and all that is supported by digital revolution. But at the same time, it creates cultures which are more innovative, engaging and profitable. Now, how did you come to evolve these ideas? Through bad experiences in conventional organisations or just as an academic or what? The journey has been going on for over 20 years and I realised that the only way for me to apply my ideas in practice is to be both an academic and also practitioner and management consultant. I strongly believe that the main purpose of academic research is to produce ideas that can make a practical difference in the real world of business. One of my favourite quotes is from Soikiro Honda who said, action without philosophy is a lethal weapon and philosophy without action is And this is in line with Peter Drucker's teachings as well. I think the key for prosperity is to humanise organisations, to put people in the focus, and this is subject of my work in the Management Sheet book and also subject of of my new book as well. So unless we put people in in focus, we cannot achieve long-term prosperity. Companies that just focus on short-term profit maximisation and chasing numbers, they will be in decline. 
bring entrepreneurs into this because the new model of a way to run a company, which has been much touted over the past 20 years, is entrepreneurship. A, an entrepreneurial leader, very young, very inspiring, very gifted, very inventive, driving the company in what seems to me actually rather old-fashioned ways. <laughs> To foster entrepreneurship, we need this new, what I call, level four culture. So, so I explain the world through five levels of management, the management maturity model. I can very briefly go through this level. Do that. One, two, three, four, five. What are they? So at level one, the mindset is lifeless. Cultures are pathetic. Not much gets done. People are too depressed to do anything. At level two, the mindset is reluctant. Culture is stagnating. This is where people do minimum they can get away with just to get their paycheck. At level three, the mindset is control, culture is orderly. This is traditional hierarchical command and control where people do what they're told to do. And then the big shift is when a critical mass of employees and leaders shift their mindset to level four, which is collaborative culture and uh, enthusiastic, enthusiastic mindset and collaborative culture. This is where we unleash entrepreneurial spirit. This is where we get more engagement, innovation, profit and more prosperity. And then at level five, we occasionally get unlimited mindset where we have very, very creative teams working day and night on some amazing innovations such as Google X Love, for example. Right. So there are some people doing this distant level five, are there? Yes. Very creative teams, such as, for example, Google X Lab, inventing driverless cars, or Lockheed Martin team, Skunkworks team, inventing supersonic jets in the 60s, or Steve Jobs, inventing Macintosh computer in the 80s. Driven by the thing, driven by more than a project, driven by a, a something they were working on to make and get to the marketplace. Absolutely. Something bigger than themselves, something that will have an impact on humanity, on the world. So something very, very exciting. So I can explain this by using Drucker's story when there were two people carving stone and, and they were asked what they're doing. And the first one said, well, I'm carving stone to feed my family. And the second one said, I'm carving stone to build a cathedral which will last for generations. A little side issue. You're from Croatia originally. Yes, I am. So you had memories anyway of a um, communist, a socialist world. Yes, I do have some memories. I grew up there, yes. Yeah, and level one and two, perhaps, echo that particularly, do they? Yes, I would think so, because when I explain these five levels, I, I tend to give example of leaders. So, for example, for level one leader, I, I give example of Kim Jong-un, uh, uh, the North Korean dictator, who apparently asked all men in North Korea to have the same haircut as he does. So that's, that's the example of, of, of such a leader. Now, it's easy to laugh at that, of course, isn't it, even though it's a potent force in his particular country. Further up the levels, then, it, it gets harder to work out what my organisation is doing and what it ought to be doing. Yes, we need to have this awareness. And once we have the awareness of higher levels, we can't skip the levels. It's like a spiral ascension that we go through in our mindset. And once we get the awareness of higher levels, we can go back down temporarily in a lower level, but we bounce back more easily to the highest level of our consciousness development. And it's easy to love once at a lower level, as you said, when, from the distance, but to actually live in that, on that level and to be led by a leader at this level, it's really hard, as we know. How do you actually get an organisation to change? Or is it actually better that it starts from scratch in a completely new way? 
we can only shift one level at a time. So if we have an organization which is dominantly at level two, and we can have pockets of different levels in different parts of organization. So, for example, if employees are level two, they have to be micromanaged by level three leader. But once we reach level three, then we are ready for this big shift, but it has to start from the top. The CEO and the leaders at the top of the organization, they have to have this awareness that when they let go of power, they get more power back because more is achieved with less effort. And then they have to support this big initiative for a shift. And then it happens top down and bottom up at the same time. And we have some tools and processes to, to help that. That sounds pretty magical because the examples you quoted of all great companies working on quite specific things, maybe big things, but quite specific things, rather than running an organisation. Yes, we can do well and we can do good at the same time. This is not mutually exclusive. Some companies I work with, after they went through the big shift, their profit increased by 200-213% within two to three years' time. For example, ICL Technologies, they shifted and they became more people-focused. They increased profit by 700% in seven years. Or, for example, Forbes' best companies to work for, which are based on pride, they outperform S&P 500 by 300% in three years as well. So all these figures point that when we go through that shift to level four, we do better and we do well for the society as well. Does it need new names, new, I was going to say hierarchies, but that's probably the, the wrong word, new controls, new ethos, new idea about meetings? Does it need the company to change the way it actually works on a day-to-day basis. Yes, so so every level is characterised by specific mindset, thinking patterns, language use, leadership style and organisational outcomes. So in order to achieve the shift to the next level, we need to use the language and actions of the level above. It's about changing the mindset first and then uh, acting in a different way and then slowly changing processes as well in in organisation and then everything shifts uh, gradually to this higher level. But you're still making it a little bit airy-fairy. I work in payroll, or I work in marketing, or I work in product design, let's say, and you are asking me to unleash things I've not been asked to do and think about before, and I'm, unless I'm an early adopter, and there are not that many of those in organisations, I'm very wary of exposing myself in this new world, which may be still being run by the same people who were running me before. Yes, there is still place for some elements of control at level three. When compliance, safety are important, then we need to follow some rules and regulations. However, in every organization, even those that are heavily controlled, there are aspects of operations which need to be unleashed, which need to be more creative, where we deal with customers. So we can find pockets of an organization that, okay, we need to have some control, but the other parts of organization can be led by level four management the leadership style so for example i work with company in america they're producing uh, components for electronics industry production department was uh, level three because of the need to ensure uh, quality however r&d department was level five to ensure creativity the average was level four and ceo was at level four mindset as well and they did very well and you can actually walk into an organisation and, after a little bit of digging, characterise it on those levels, can you? 
Absolutely. I see language, I see body language, I see the environment, I see how people speak, I see the level of energy and enthusiasm. And although I have only tools that can detect the levels, I can sense it even when I speak to people and I observe what is happening in the organisation. And then you need to get the top people to want to change. Absolutely. It starts from the top and then we can work it down and then we can involve people at all levels using some kind of crowdsourcing techniques because when people's voice is being heard, they will be much more successful in implementation of these new ideas for the big shift. So this goes to something like continuous improvement in on the floor of a Japanese car plant, does it? Kind of, yes. But we add to that a higher purpose as well, because purpose is hugely important that everybody aligns with within an organisation. Now, I talked about the early adopters. About 80% of a company, I think been, there's been research on this, they're the, the people in the middle, the people who need a lot of coaxing to change because they've seen change programmes before and they've seen what happens when the people who were the champions move on, they just die out. So it's a lot of effort for no particular reward. So they're cynical about this, resistant to change. How do you embrace them? I think the best approach is to create the awareness that this change will be beneficial for everyone. And the people at the higher levels of management will then be able to delegate more and focus more of their time on strategic thinking, rather than micromanaging. To achieve that, we need to work on developing trust and transparency and trust that people know how to do their job. So we are delegating responsibilities, not tasks, as we do when we are micromanaging. So it's creating the awareness, sharing stories, successful stories of the shift and how impacted positively on everybody. For example, improving even tension rate, reducing stress levels and absenteeism. It's not just about bottom line profit. It's about improving lives of everybody in the organisation. It's easily said, but jolly hard to do. It's not easy to do, but once we get this awareness, we know why we need to do it, we know what we need to do, and we know how to do it. So there are ways to do it. How do you measure and then reward people for it? We've been living in a bonus world now for 20 or 30 years, and it's pretty relentless, and people seem to now... A lot of people in organisations seem to work mainly for their bonuses rather than for anything else. How do you measure and then reward people for the sort of changes you want to make? Well, individual bonuses are level three, as we know, but in level four cultures, the tendency is to reward people as, as teams, but at the same time recognize individual contributions as well publicly. But rewarding teams and they will share rewards when the performance is, is above expectations, that what we should do. And I can share one story. For my new book, I interviewed almost 60 CEOs about their own personal stories about that big shift from level four to level four and in one particular company what they do they make employees dreams come true so everybody writes on a piece of paper what their dream is like taking family to safari in Africa or doing something else and as soon as they reach monthly target they take out the piece of paper and say okay John wants to to do this and then the company will pay for it and they are increasing their targets and their performance continuously it's just one small example how Not much needs to be done to really unleash all this passion and and creativity in people. But there is a great disconnect, and the theme of the forum this year is growth and inclusive prosperity. And uh, we've seen Brexit, we've seen populism, we've seen 
nationalism, we've seen the rise of uh, President Trump. There is a great big disconnect now, which is becoming a political and social problem in a very large way. Not just business, but business is connected with it, isn't it? Absolutely. We can't be isolated from everything that is happening around us and in the political environment. I wrote a couple of articles entitled, like, Politics Needs a Management Shift, which is about working for the common good of the, of the larger group of people rather than fighting uh, between the different uh, parties. So, so, yes, there is a disconnect, but I think we can't just be dragged down because... The thing with the levels is that they, they create ripples. So when we have a critical mass of people in organization or in the society anchored at lower levels, below level four, it creates like a negative vortex of energy. When we have a critical mass of people anchored at level four, it creates positive ripples. So that's what we need to aspire to. Because with our mirror neuron brain cells, we pick up the moods and emotions of people around us and then we, we create and mimic those emotions. That's why it's so important that we have this awareness of level four mindset. You're asking organizations and companies to undertake big change, and that takes time, and yet most organizations are run and led by people who are not at the top for very long, are they? That's true. That's another problem. The frequent turnover of CEOs plus the pay gap as well with CEOs and the rest of organizations. So these are two big problems that we, we need to be aware of. But this change, it's easily done at smaller organizations. But in larger organizations, my advice is, and this is what we've done in practice, is start small. Start with one department, change it, and then share the story how wonderful it, it is and how well they're doing now and then start with the second department and so on. It will take time, but again, it will spread like ripples rather than start changing everything in a big organisation. It's not advisable. Now, change programmes often go wrong and yours do too, don't they? So far, we have good success rate because depends what do you measure and what outcomes do you want to achieve. So in some private companies, we achieved profit increase substantially, substantially. but in some public sector organizations we achieved other benefits such as shifting the culture to become more people focused so they started investing more in health and well-being and education of, of employees and that improves staff retention and customer service or they become more charitable so there are other benefits which are not just bottom line profit that everybody is focusing on is this, though, not addressing companies in the 20th century shape compared with the freelance world that uh, is now becoming a, a norm? Well, yes, we know we are moving towards gig economy. And gig economy is based on level four principles as well. It's about this flexibility, agility, collaboration, transparency, and so on. And yes, you're right, most of organisations are based on 20th century model. According to my research and, and some other research, I would say about 80% of organizations are levels 2-3 mainly, which is Tayloristic management, and about 20-25% are on higher levels, which is based on Peter Drucker's ideas. So my dream is, I feel this work is my life purpose, to see in my lifetime this switched. So we have 80-85% of organizations above level 3 and only a minority of organizations below level four we have to keep keep pushing forward with this because i think that's the only way and it's the only way to create a better world for the future generation as well 
Many thanks to Vladka Hlupic, Professor of Business and Management at Westminster University in London, author of the book The Management Shift. She's one of the people who will be taking part in the ninth annual Global Peter Drucker Forum in Vienna in November. More podcasts coming up soon.